Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. I, I have confidence that we can butcher away. All right. You ready? Sure. I'm not ready, dude. Ooh, this is going to be fun. I got some ice cream here. I'm trying to eat to soothe my throat. All right. I guess we'll start, man. Ready? Set. <sighs> Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Kevin, and here with me is Fred. I'm here. Hey, Fred. Hey. I almost said I'm Steven. This is here with me is Kevin. <laughs> but I didn't. <coughs> don't don't make me laugh. Oh, geez. My my wife. Uh, I I told her I was going to be doing the the podcast early tonight, and she's like, "You sound like a plague riddled elephant." Is that the <laughs> best idea? But that's good for podcasting and and radio <laughs> audio in general. Yeah, yeah. The, those deep tones. She's always got the sweetest comments to, you know, boost my confidence. Well, that's what wives are there for, right? Yeah. To boost our confidence? <laughs> oh, no, no, they're definitely not there for that, no. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> well, this is episode 119, Bring Back Planks, or Planks for Nothing, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to call it Planes, 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 and Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, I don't know. So I well, said this is episode 119. All right. So... Steve is off on his vacation in Paris, France. Uh, so, Fred, how's your week been? Not too bad. I, uh, other than getting sick, as you may or may not be able to hear, um, and excuse the coughing that's about to come, uh, I've been flying the heck out of my gremlin. Man, I, I've been nice. just having a blast with that. I got a uh, oh heck, of course I don't have it with me right here. It's a um, it's it's a little device that plugs into my cell phone and allows me to receive the 5.8 gigahertz video signal and really? it plays on the phone. So I'm able to record right to the phone. Well, the other one I had, the first one I got only had the one antenna. Well, I picked up another one that has diversity and that's awesome. I'm able to put a patch antenna on it and the circular you know, standard like cloth. So and, wait a minute, uh, this is actually got an antenna on it, picking up the 5.8 signal Two antennas. Yeah. It's got, it's got actual diversity in it. And so it, it works that way with the phone. No kidding. And I'll tell you, the coolest thing with it is that um, you scan the channels, and it'll pop up and tell you exactly what frequency you're on. So I can go to my, my uh, Fat Chuck Gargles and just scroll through until I get the right channel. And uh, it's no more guessing. I'm not on a channel that's closed, and then it's going to fade out when I get just a little ways away from myself. It's it's spot on every time. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. it's And it was cheap. It was like 30 bucks. I think I put a link to it on the Facebook page. Nice. I was going to ask you how much it was. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's a great little device and and it, you know again you can record right from your phone so if you uh if you if you crash and you need to look for it or if you want to share the stuff on Facebook right away right uh, it's it's a DVR built right into your phone oh that's really cool so that's that and then with the backyard being my my flying area I uh, I've cleared some stuff in the vegetation the woods that's around the backyard and I'm putting in my Christmas light track for my whoops and for my gremlin. Oh, cool, man. So I'm hoping that's going to be fun. Did you come across any alligators hacking through the woods like that? No, no, nothing like that. I can see with the machete like Indiana Jones, like hacking through the woods. It's not been that quite that adventurous. We do have a swamp in the backyard, <laughs> um, but uh, it's just I'm mostly what I'm finding is that either someone that was here previously or the neighbor, which I think is what it was, um, used to do quite a bit of drinking and would throw their bottles into the vegetation between the two houses. Oh, no, that's that's irresponsible, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So I've been finding a lot of old beer bottles and, and different things like that. So nice, dude. Well, it's a good thing you're so you're not just hacking away at the environment. You're actually cleaning up the environment as you go. Yeah, make it nice and clean. I love it. See, well, so, I only asked that question about hacking and, and machete and Indiana Jones because somebody who was from Florida told me that everything that is, you know, predominant to Florida is trying to kill you. So that's why I asked that. <laughs> was that me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And here I am out there in like shorts and flip flops doing that. <laughs> so snakes, spiders, alligators that, you know, oh, well, nice. Did I tell you that before or after you'd let me know that you were moving here? And probably after. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Definitely after. So uh, how much flying did you do this week? I did zero flying. Ooh. Yeah, it was pretty. Well, this weekend was, you know, it was Easter holiday. So Easter Sunday, I couldn't do anything and just basically go have have dinner with the family. I mean, I probably could have gone out Sunday morning, but there was a lot of stuff I was working on Sunday, just house stuff. I I did get a chance to print out more parts for the uh, 3D printed airplane and just like the little things. Now I'm, I'm yeah. getting to like the ailerons and the elevator and all those little pieces and actually had one of the longest prints I've had yet. I think it was close to 13 hours, 13 or 14 See, those hours. Scare me. Yeah, me too. If the power goes out, I mean, what does it do? It's not like these things seem to have a reset button that they'll continue from where they left off. Yeah. I mean, they might, but I've not noticed it. So. Yeah, and if one thing topples over and starts to screw up other things, you know, cause oh. that that had happened to me once. But I had two things that actually failed. I think I was printing out like at least twelve different pieces at one at one time, and I had two of them fail. One just kind of curled up, and then the other one kind of shifted a little bit. So I had to go back and reprint those two, and it wasn't that big of a deal. It was it was pretty easy to do. Yeah. So I got. I think most of the steerman is printed out i have to finalize the landing gear i don't know what i'm gonna do for wheels because i haven't gotten any flexible printing head or anything for the the mini i think i might just go with regular wheels for now yeah i'll forgive you if you're not a purist on that part yeah i'd like to eventually do that because i'd like to do some of that ninja flex stuff and see how that goes and i know that now there's other versions of that like updated versions they don't call it ninja flex they call it something else i don't even know what it is that is pretty good stuff that I'd like to try out, but and that involves me, I think, getting a different head for the mini, or I don't know, I'm I'm I might be able to run it in the head I have now. I don't know. I have to do a little more research in it. Yeah, I haven't really looked into that too much. What is it that that determines what filament you can use? You said the head. Yeah, I know that Bloodspot sells a they sell a different head for the mini specifically designed for Ninja Flex. Uh, so it's called like the Ninja Flex head or whatever. But is I think I th- I don't know what the actual difference is. And I think that uh, your standard Prusa clone or your ANET 8, I think you can go ahead and print that stuff out on that. You just have to slow it down. You have to slow okay. the, the printing down quite a bit from my understanding of what I've seen so far. So I haven't done any of that, but um, I'm, I'm anxious to finish one of these planes, like just get everything <laughs> together, you know, and and uh, it's it's been going on pretty good. Uh, I've actually finished Mikey's RC, the biplane. I got that yeah. f- finished, and I got the motor in that. And I might have to hook up some ESCs or um, not ESCs servos, but that came out that came out pretty good. It's it's a funny looking plane, but I can't wait to see this thing fly. I hope it does like two miles an hour. <laughs> Mikey says he it does like walking speed. He could walk alongside it, so it's that's pretty incredible. I mean, there's a lot of wing to it. There's a lot of surface to it. It's a biplane, but it's like a foiled, you know, 
a wing with a foil on it on the bottom and then a flat wing on the top. So we'll see how this goes, man. Man, I can't wait. Uh, make sure you do video, whether it works or not. Yeah. That's, I'm, I'll wait for Steve to come back and we'll probably made it down at the field. I, I was going to try and do it at my local field here, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait and do it down at the, the club field and, you know, we'll get it, get it all recorded and all that stuff. It, if you fun. guys do like, if you do like a Facebook live, send me a text for us so I know. Okay. So Friday night, I know I'm working my way backwards, but Friday night, yeah. uh, the wife and I decide we're going to watch a movie and, you know, I, I, I'm having a few drinks. I like to do that. I'm like what I consider myself to be a responsible alcoholic. And I don't even know if I'm an alcoholic, a functional alcoholic, a functional alcoholic. I don't know because a functional alcoholic could still be a guy that gets behind the wheel. I, I don't do that. I don't like to, um, I don't have like more than two drinks when I'm out. If I'm driving in, you know, I usually wait an hour or two, you know, so, but at home, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm home. I'm walking from the couch to the bathroom. You know, who cares? So the wife, on Friday night, uh, when I'm on drink number three, I come down for, you know, um, little drink and she's like, you know, that's number three. I'm like, okay. This was, um, this is what happened Friday night. So I was like, okay. So Saturday night, um, and I drink vodka tonics or gin and tonics in small little, you know, vodka tonic, your whiskey sour type glass. And so that was Friday night. Saturday night, I started making them in like Collins glass, like twice the size. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So. Drink number three has a whole new meaning at this point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That leads to, you know, uh, your whole Sunday morning that's not really great and not remembering much of Saturday night. Sunday morning where you had to go do the Easter stuff? Yeah, well, it was Sunday, yeah. 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 Wasn't in the morning. But that's why I say I'm a responsible alcoholic because, like, I don't, I like to drink. I like to have a few drinks. And I enjoy doing it and I like to mixology and all that stuff. And, you know, I don't go out behind the wheel and I just hang out. I do it at my own home. Whether you, whether you, whatever you like to do, as long as you're doing it in your house or whatever or not hurting anybody, what the hell? Yeah. You know, I know I'm not going to be suing the, the alcohol companies when I'm older because my liver's failing. I'm going to be like, <laughs> Hey, I did that to myself, you know? So Saturday. I got up. I know I'm jumping all over the place. So Saturday, uh, Steve had a birthday party for his son, and his son is one years old. Okay. I don't know if people know this or not, and I don't know if he wants me saying this to the listeners or any, anything, but Steve is Korean, and he, they have a tradition in the Korean family that when the when the son or daughter is one year old, they put him down in front of a bunch of objects like a, a pencil a bag of money, a stethoscope, and like, I don't know, another thing like a paintbrush and whatever they go for and grab is supposed to dictate like their possible profession in the future. Okay. And I thought it was really, I thought it was really cool, uh, thing to do. And of course, Steve backed everything up except for the stethoscope to make sure that was like right in his face. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, he, he, they, he did that at first, but then he backed everything up and, and the kid actually went for the stethoscope and, and grabbed that. His son Hunter, uh, cute kid, man, and uh, so it was. It was a lot of fun, man. Got to hang out with with Steve and on Saturday, and it was good. So I was all over the place, dude, but didn't do much in the RC world. But that's just what I've been up to. All right. Well, hey, I I, I did leave one thing out. So oh boy, down here in Florida, um, you know, a lot of the uh, local club members are on the older side, and unfortunately, uh, one of the guys that I been kind of like a mentor to me at the at the club passed away and oh, yeah and he had a little hobby shop and i mean it was like the best worst hobby shop ever the best it, worst 
yeah, it's this tiny little room on the side of his house. It was like a, a walled-in section of carport or something, and you couldn't get more than two people in there at a time. So when he passed, his, one of his friends ended up was responsible for, you know, selling off the uh, inventory. Right. And I tell you, it was. I, I don't. I don't think they meant to do it this way. But talk about the best celebration of life. Everybody was there. Everybody. They had this. This like basically a state sale at his house. And it was it was your last visit to Ron's shop, wow. and, and uh, I, like I said, I'm not sure it was meant that way, but that's how it ended up feeling. Um, you got to see a lot of guys that you know I I haven't seen in in a while, and we got to you know kind of swap stories about Ron a little bit, and and uh, you know kind of send them off. Well, that's cool. Yeah, it it was it was a really good thing, um, all in all. So. And yeah, I picked up a couple of things. I, I got some chargers, you know, and I got a, a the thing I'm excited about was this, uh, oh, who, uh, the Dynam. Okay. Uh, is it Dynam? It's, uh, uh no, Durafly that, that Hobby King has, their, their brand, uh, the vampire. Okay. Which was featured in one of the flight test episodes a while back. Yeah. Um, picked that up and, and brought it home and put it together and it's got retracts, a ducted fan. It's, it's pretty impressive. So I'm looking forward to playing with that some. That was the one that David put the butane in, right? Yeah, I, was that the one? It might. It probably was because David was so. because um, you know because he was able to. Um, that that was something that Sweden flew as one of their aircraft. So the vampire, if I'm not mistaken, has the the tail that's kind of like on the the supports. It's right? like um, it's kind of like a P thirty eight Lightning. Yeah, yeah, the EDF afterburner. Yeah, he did that episode and. Uh, so yeah, that's the um, it's got the you know the, the the main wing, the fuselage, and two booms out for the for the uh, the two vertical stabilizers and the elevator. Yeah, that's the one we almost burnt down Chad's house yeah. with that one. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was pretty ingenious though what he went through to oh, get that, that all working. Cool. Yeah. And what a cool result he had, man. Oh it, yeah, it looked good when he was I'm flying. And didn't those. didn't that burn up at the end of that episode? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna have to watch that one again. Yeah, me too, because I think at the end of the episode, he's off in the distance, and he's just, like, watching it burn, and he couldn't get over to it fast enough <laughs> to put anything out. Yeah, that was crazy, man. He was, like, heating the butane or cooling it, doing something yeah, it to it. preheating before it came out. or Yeah, yeah. like, that, that, heck, when was that? Let's, let's, I'm going to pull it up. 2013? Yeah, uh, March, so almost, almost, uh, wow. what was that, five years? Yeah. And to the month almost. Yeah, and so. he had like a little um what do you call those things? Taser to ignite it or something or some some way to ignite it. Yeah, he he used some sort of a, a taser type device that sparked up the flame. Yeah. So wow. Yeah, that that's an old one. Cool, man. Can we see now what's the wingspan on that? It's a seventy millimeter fan, I think. Eleven hundred millimeter. Okay. That's a pretty good size, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that's gonna crank. And that's a plane you don't see all the time. No, no. That's that's pretty cool. In fact, I'm not sure I remember him flying it because I think it was one of his personal planes that, that was sold. Um, it was funny, though. They had a bunch of other stuff, some old GWS planes there. The guy told me, he says, yeah, I'll sell it to you for this price, but you got to take the other ones, too. <laughs> so they uh, they kind of just got tossed in. I'll, I'll try to fix them up and get them flying. Uh, one was the old mini Tiger Moth and okay. the GWS Beaver. Okay. So, It'd be worth playing with. Wow, man! And I did. Uh, I did buy something. I'll, I'll talk about during the main event, uh, the main topic. But uh, yeah, there was another purchase I made. But one of the things I kind of like was I got a couple of the uh, 
the IDTC or whatever it is those the new chargers that have come out that's really kind of taking things by storm that's got the big display i got a couple of 150 watt ones so are those the little ones with the thumb wheel on it yeah yeah okay. i got the the 300 watt one that's that does a fantastic job so i got a couple small ones that i can just throw in my my toolbox and just plug a battery into to charge up small batteries quick oh that's cool man yeah now i can charge three three sets of batteries at a time i want to offer three different chargers so cool so should we move on to the main topic? Move it on. Moving on. So our listeners should probably understand that this is probably going to be a shorter show because Steve's not here. And I'm not saying Steve talks a lot, but <laughs> that will be one third of the conversation not happening. So sorry, Fred. No, sorry. Sorry. Didn't mean to make you gag. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take an opportunity to talk about planes for a little bit. And uh, I was like, you know, I have so many favorites. And so many not so favorites and maybe a couple of misses. I figured we could just talk about my, our experience with planes and the ones that we've enjoyed, man. Yeah. So, I mean, this, there's, I mean, a couple of different categories you could probably do. Um, right. you know, for beginner planes that you started off with, not necessarily beginner worthy, but you know, what, what planes did you start with that you, you either had success or failure with and, uh, would like to revisit? Oh, geez, dude. That's a great question because I had, great success with the ft versa wing just the yeah. flying wing that was the first plane i think i ever flew uh for more than 10 seconds and the baby blender i actually had some good luck with after smashing that a couple of times but then i bought you know and then i rushed right out to buy a couple of planes from a dude for you know used finding used planes and, and getting all the deals and stuff i kind of got sucked into that I and mean, oh, yeah. i got <laughs> i got a corsair a Sbach, and what year are you talking about this was probably 2014 okay and what else there was another one a storch i actually have a a balsa storch the Sbach and the storch are balsa and the corsair was you know foam and so was the the henslet the he is it henslet that made that i think so i don't know he one two three um yeah and the, the one thing I, I had a great first flight with the Sbach. I put that up in the air. I had no business flying that at all. Yeah. And it was a good flight. It was a scary flight. I had to adjust trims and I was like, I really need to put Expo in this and dial these throws down. And it came in and this is at the point where I wasn't really landing that well either. And I came in beautiful landing, touched it down. It was great. I adjusted a couple of things, took it up again and I treated it like a flight test plane. And I came around. I remember Jeff being at the field. We were flying up, up at this open area in Green Pond where we used to fly when we all got together. And I came around and it came down and I kind of lost it. I stalled it and I tried to gun my way out of it like it was a, you know, flight test Dollar Tree foam plane and it corkscrewed right into the ground. Like I really drove this thing in and it made this horrific crunching noise. And Jeff, when we went over to look at, I mean, it was nothing left of it. There was, you know, the, obviously the motor and ESC was there, but uh, from the plane, like there, you couldn't rebuild this thing if you wanted to. There was basically nothing left. It was just complete disaster. Jeff looked at me and he was like, that was the most disturbing sound I think I've ever heard. And I never <laughs> want to hear it again. <laughs> so that's one thing I, I did wrong. Definitely. But my, my favorite couple of planes were like starting off was definitely the Versa wing. I still have that plane, man. That's from, that's, that plane's four years old. It's a Dollar Tree foam plane. Yeah. 
It's crazy, man. I had to balance it out with some weight. It's a pusher, you know. I had to so balance it out with a couple pennies. Sorry, man. That's when you started flying in 2014-ish? Yeah. Yep. Because I started with helicopters, and I, and it was bad, bad news for me with helicopters. Like, the only one I could actually get flying was a little four-channel fixed-pitch one that I had that, you know, on a nice day I could get flying. And I was getting pretty good with that thing. I actually enjoyed flying it quite a bit. But um, the six-channel dude, the like the 450s, the flybard 450s, I couldn't get those things going. I did everything wrong with those helicopters, man. I had the... I had the tail blades going in the wrong directions. Yep, at one point, that. I had <laughs> at reverse one point the servo I, trying to make it work, and yeah, and and you have now you have a reverse. You, you can reverse the servo in the in your controller, your radio, and you can reverse the servo on the gyro. So I never knew which way this friggin' thing was going. When, <laughs> when I spooled it up in my driveway, and if it didn't start pirouetting, I was like, okay, dude, that damn thing would fly like a dream in my driveway, and then I take it to the field, and it fly like shit. And I yeah. smash it, or it would fly great in the at the field, and then I'd bring it home and try to do like something to it, and it it would I'd screw it up in my driveway. It was so much trouble, man. And I knew nobody, and I'm sure I had most of the geometry screwed up on the you know mechanically and all that. I was just like, you know what? Let me give planes a, a chance. Let me try building a plane. And I actually built Mikey's. Mikey had for Mikey's RC. He had a. a a profile Mustang that made out of Dollar Tree foam that I built. And you know, when you're new in the hobby, you don't want to show up at your local hobby shop and be like, oh, I'm new in the hobby and I don't know a freaking thing. So Mikey says on his channel, you need an 8-4 prop. So I go to the hobby shop and I go, I need an 8-4 prop. No, here's one. And so the guy, you know, he's a really nice guy at my local oh, hobby no. shop. And he's like, so do you want the slow fly prop or do you want the, the, you know, the master corkscrew, whatever friggin' the thing master it was? Master air screw, yep. Master air screw prop. And I'm like, well, I don't want slow fly, but I don't want him thinking I'm flying something slow, you know? I, no, I'll take the master air screw one or whatever it was. <laughs> the weight, so, the weight more than the plane. So yeah, the very first flight I had, I took my time and what I did was I would glue all the servos in and then I would, center them all you know plug in everything yeah. and get them all centered and then i would push the control horns on well the first time i flew it i took it up to the place where i was flying and i threw it and it fl- i was like okay it it flew for about 10 seconds it it banked to the left a little bit i said okay i'm banking it to the right then it just went totally control crazy i had no control over it smashed it into a tree so now i'm trying to climb this tree and it's like I don't know. I want to say it's like 12, 15 feet up in this tree. Yeah. And and here I am trying to climb it. And this is, you know, you get halfway up the tree and you're thinking, I'm going to die over this $50 plane. So I finally was able to get this stupid plane out of the tree. I get it down. I come home and there's all my freaking little control horn screws in a, in a tin. That's what happened. They all popped off. Yeah. So I get that all back together. I fix it all back up. And oh, that's when I went to the hobby store because I broke the prop that I had. I had bought like a dynamic kit where it had the, the ESCs, the, the ESC, the, the servo, the motor, and a, and a prop all in this one like kit from nitro planes or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I go to the hobby store and I go, uh, yeah, I need to replace this triple blade prop, which was like, I don't know what it was, whatever it was. And he was like, you know, if it's an 1143, go to 11.5. It'll probably be fine. 
So I go, okay. And that's when he asked me, do I want the slow prop or the, you know, the quick one? I'm like, well, it's a Mustang. You know, I'm thinking I got to get the fast one, you know? So I put that on it. I go back up to the flying field. I hand launch it and I gun it and the motor comes shooting right off the front of the plane. <laughs> Rip the freaking motor right off the front, dude. Oh, boy. And I'm like, oh. So then I, that's when I, that's when I started to just take a step back. I started to do more research. I was on RC groups a lot and I, oh, yeah. that's when I, that's when I found flight test and, you know, the rest is history, as they say. But getting back to my favorite planes, dude, you know, for starting out was, it was definitely the, the Versa Wing, man. You, that thing is a tank. I would smash that into stuff. It's so easy to build. It's two servos. You know, aside from the radio, you're going to build that thing for like 50 bucks. Yeah. With the motor and ESC and two servos, you can't go wrong with that, man. Yeah, except for balancing. You got to make sure you balance it right. You just got to, yeah, that's, yeah, you definitely got to balance it right. And that's the hard part for beginners is they don't know A, to balance and B, how to trim. You know, yeah. never mind flying stuff. I mean, sometimes they're off at a disadvantage, but yeah, that's, that, that, that Versa was a very popular plane. Steve and I have talked about this where, like, my first radio was a cheap Chinese one that had no expo in it. And yep. I, after flying the baby blender for a couple of weekends, I'm like, there's got to be something I'm missing here because it's just way too crazy, you know? Yeah. And sure enough, I went back and looked at a flight test video that had expo, you know, explaining that in it. And that was huge, man. Yeah. I went to that episode a lot when I'm doing customer service. Uh, that on its own is one of the largest milestones. I think a new guy that's flying needs to understand is expo. You know, you're exponential. Yeah. So what are your favorite like beginner planes that you that you liked? Well, going off my my semi list here, um, one of my first planes I I kind of had success with because I tried. I mean, back in well when I was a kid, you know, I had a um, some control line stuff, and I, I'd take it up the flying field on my bike and and crash it miserably. Um, then I got out of high school and I I uh, I had some extra money and I I I was stupid at first. I'd go and buy a bunch of used stuff. You know, right. we didn't have Craigslist back then. We had the want ad. It was actual paper thing. I, and I'd drive all over and buy junk planes from people that I shouldn't have bought because I didn't know any better. And I thought that was the cheap way into the hobby. But I finally ended up going out and buying a good radio. And I know the, the David uh, Gerdeman episode kind of got me uh, reminiscent about the old spad planes and the gutter pipe planes. And uh, so that was one of the ones I had the first success with. I, I almost killed a friend of mine because I, I smashed it in the ground right right next to him. Jeez. Oh, um, and then another one flew away. It's the only plane I think I've ever had that actually flew away. I never found. Um, we searched all over the place for that. But um, wow, that, I wish that's one of those things that if I could go back and, and do it again, I, I I need to see about building another gutter pipe plane. Those those are fun. So what is it? Metal gutter pipe or plastic uh, no, gutter pipe? It was PVC. Um, okay. Okay. I didn't was, know how far back you were. Talking yeah, no, about. it was a square downspout, um, which was hard to find up there because they had a lot of like rectangular with the 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 wave to it, like the old aluminum. Right. Um. So you had to really hunt around to find the the square gutter pipe, and then you'd use the uh, cutting board. You buy cutting board and trim it down to fit for the um, firewall. Yeah, that's what Dave was talking about. Oh yeah, and we're you know and you throw your glow motor on it and and you know fold it all up and that, I think that's where I first got my experience with Gorilla Glue, the old brown stuff. Um, you'd sand the 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 coroplast down so it would um, have a rough edge, and you glue it together with that. That was my first semi success. Um, did you ever try any of Ed's planes from Experimental Airlines? No, I never did any of his. I tried a few of his techniques. 
um, to get a plane together, but I never flew it. Huh. He had an interesting way of like making a square tube out of Dollar Tree foam where yep. he would, you know, kind of cut a half inch strip out of each corner and then fold it around. Yeah. And it was sturdy as hell, all hell, man. And he had a way of doing the fold over wings kind of a little bit different than the flight test guys do where he could actually fit a spar in there and yeah he had the uh, uh armin wing right his son's name was armin yeah. yeah so he had called it the armin wing yeah i made all that up i was gonna make a glider and i never i never finished it never launched it yeah see that's that that had my attention when i was when i was first getting into the hobby i mean this was mid-2000s i guess um not so much the uh the armin stuff this is way before all that came out yeah um, they're still they're still doing a lot of stuff with uh, with what they called fanfold foam. They didn't they weren't using the Daltry foam board back then because it was too heavy um, for the for the motors that we had. But uh, I wanted to do and I and this is one of the things I wish I could go back and and, and try um, out on the on Cape Cod. I was living in Massachusetts at the time. Apparently there was a big sand dune slope and they would do slope soaring out there. So okay. I always wanted to do that. I wanted to try out you know because they had some awesome you know, warbird plans and stuff for um, slope soaring planes that you would hot wire the, the, the wing and, and sand the body down and stuff. And uh, that's, I mean, that that's over on the RC groups from years ago. That was some of the first stuff I was checking out. The uh, GWS, I don't know if anybody's listening and remembers GWS planes. They were the, uh, what we call beer cooler foam. Okay. Really fragile foam. Yeah. Uh, they made the planes out of that. They had some sort of a pressed wing that was almost like a, um, styrofoam plate material with a, a coating on it okay uh, and then the body was made out of that the beer cooler foam and that was the plane that me and my buddy got into um and had our actual full out success with with the 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 gws um i think it was the pico cub i think that was the one that looked like a slow stick but they had the they had a little piper cub type plane and we flew the heck out of those the batteries were horrible we would okay. we, we had these like they were like uh egg timer chargers back then and jeez nickel metal hydride batteries you would you would set the timer on the on the charger and plug it in your cigarette lighter and plug the battery in and we killed those batteries left and right i mean you just we just just destroyed them and uh this is before lipos came out yeah so that's one of the cool things i ended up buying at this estate sale the guy he had one of those the cub planes i didn't buy that i bought this mini max by wattage w-a-t-t-a-g-e okay it's a triangular fuselage and it had the like slow stick style wing. And the cool thing about it is they had a little pilot in there and my friend bought this plane. It was one he was going to fly. It's just a little three channel plane. And the pilot looked like his dad. Oh, jeez! Oh, it, uh, it, it's supposed to be this Russian guy. It, it just, it just reminded me of his father. So when I, I saw this available, I had to buy it. Um, you know, this is, this is, you know, back when it was the, uh, the brushed motors with the gearbox and and you know, most of the noise from the plane was the gearbox whining. Oh my god! I gotta see a picture of this freaking thing I'll, now. I'll I'll take a picture and post it on the on the forum on the Facebook page. Like it's a a triangular shaped fl- fuselage. Yeah. So um, you know, so it, the flat side of the triangle is on the top where the wings hooked on. Yep. So instead of being a square tube like um like uh, Ed did, uh, this right. is a triangle. So the bottom's got a you know is the point. Oh, I see a few online, and yeah, they're like the old Eindecker. Yeah, like yeah. Okay, I see. So that's what it's supposed to be like is uh, you know that 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 era of aviation, and so yeah, I can't wait. I need to build it up and fly it because that thing will be a blast. 
What's a wingspan on something like that? It looked kind of small in the pictures I saw. Uh, forty inches. Okay. So That's yeah, not bad. No, no, not at all. This this will be fun. Nice. And then eventually, you know, of course, you know, flight test we made up to got up to that point because we did. I mean, we did a bunch of the blue foam planes. If you want to have a kind of a uh, just kind of a walk through the uh, origins of electric flight, go into RC groups and look at some of the the um, designs that they were doing back in the mid two thousands. You know, that that stuff was blowing you away. I mean, that the skill levels that some of these guys got to. Um, oh, what's his name? This one guy that would make. They look like they should have been in museums. Really, uh, John something, um, Morgan, uh, John Morgan. Um, h- how I finished my planes, part one and part two, D E U X. Go go look that up. Um, and that guy would build these planes out of the, the foam and do a fantastic job making the airplane. And then he would paint them and weather them, and and they just looked like they should have been on a shelf instead of being flown. And, Damn. Uh, he he did all sorts of stuff. He did, uh, you know, the the hot wire wings, and then he would do build up wings from the foam board. And he, he was and still is an amazing um, builder and designer and and, and finisher. Uh, and that was a lot of the stuff that inspired me back then. Um, and you know, I, I I probably should you know go through some of that stuff and try doing that to some of my flight test planes. I think that'd be fun. It's funny because. I think of at that point in time when flight test started coming out with planes where I was and the comments I would get, I really didn't understand at the time, you know, about the flip being Dollar Tree foam. And that's a foam. Like guys were amazed that it was a Dollar Tree foam plane and that. Oh, yeah. Fly that well. And just some of the weird comments I would get. And now it kind of looking back, it all makes sense because you got guys that were coming up from RC groups and I really didn't spend a lot of time on RC groups. So. You'd get guys that would know, you know, like that guy, or you'd, you'd get guys that built the spad planes, and they would they would have some interesting things to say about, you know, flight test when it first came out. But now I'm sure they kind of welcome it, and have probably built a couple of the, you know, oh yeah, if not more of the flight test planes. You're starting to see that. That's what's cool now is is the flight test planes. You got a, a, basically you know kind of a generation as far as the technology goes. Yeah, of people that that grew up with nothing but flight test. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, I remember when Josh was talking about doing the Dollar Tree foam board, and we're like, no, that's impossible. That's not going to work. You know, the, the paper on them, you got to pull the paper off, and then if you pull the paper off, the foam's too flimsy. So it's just going to be too heavy. It's not going to be a good design. And, well, he showed us wrong. Well, that's what I was saying last week, you know, that when I looked into building this Mikey's RC one, watching that build video, you know, I don't think they had done any flight test planes at that point. And you can kind of see where they had the idea, you know, of expanding – the Dollar Tree foam base planes, you know, because oh, yeah. it was the way the techniques were done. And that was the only one that Mikey actually did a fold over wing too on or semi fold over wing. I mean, he didn't, he didn't actually fold the, the foam over, over. He made two pieces and had a spar that kind of bumped up, but his usual way of creating some kind of cord on the wing. Um, I think that's the right word, right? The rise of the wing. Yeah. Is was to, uh, he would take a, a barbecue skewer and just lay it on the wing and then he would tape over it and that would create a little bit of a bump okay. and, and a lift yeah because we we had all sorts of stuff back then the klein fogelman wings where we'd just we'd fold it over like right. a third it'd be or, straight yeah and, and so it was just a straight edge it was like you you know like a step on a set of stairs it just dropped down one or two and yeah, uh that's how the and, ft delta was yeah and so i mean yeah if you look back on it, i mean that 
what we, we what we have now, we're so spoiled. Um, right. You know, when I was first getting into it, you know, electrics, that was there's no way that electric would ever work. They had the, the giant gliders that had a giant heavy battery, and it was okay because that was you needed to wait for ballast anyways, and a giant brushed motor on it to do anything, and you got it up in the air, and that was it. It better be a glider because you weren't having enough power from the battery to, to actually control it on the way down if, if you're wanting motor power too. I remember guys saying that they would take motors out of the CD-ROM drives that, and use yes, those that, as motors, that was right? That forging a brushless. Right. Because I remember, I remember when they were still doing that because we had the, uh, you know, the brush motors with the gearbox. Right. And, and you're going on to RC groups and seeing these guys that were breaking down the CD-ROMs and uh, having to make up their own speed controls because it was a brushless system. So, oh. Yeah. yeah. You see, that was, I'm glad that was way before my time. I'm not way before, but that was like, as I was coming into it, that was kind of getting phased out. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't have to, cause I would spend a lot of money on CD ROMs just to butcher them up. Oh, yeah. And steal motors out of them. Well, it was just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't even, I mean, that was the diehards back then. Uh, yeah. Most of us would just, you know, deal with the brushless or brushed motors. You know, I mean, that, that's what all the little kits came with. Yeah. The little gearbox on it and everything. Yeah. And uh, so to, I'm tempted to build this with a gearbox motor on it. I'm not sure if that's what I want to do or not. I might just go straight to brushless. But um, I did see one of those at Neff when we were there in Ohio a couple weeks ago there. Yeah. Yeah. I saw one and I was like, oh, look at that. There's an old. And I think it was one of those GWS planes that had the old gearbox motor on it. Oh, it, it, it sounded cool. It sounded like, I mean, it, it made some noise for sure. Yeah. And, uh, but man, those little like the five cell or seven cell. NICAD battery packs that we just we just kill those one after another. Yeah, you know they just didn't hold up well to to our abuse. You know because you you'd, you'd slap slam a charge into it trying to get back in the air. Yeah, I remember using those for my cars, man, RC cars. Oh yeah, well that they were the bigger packs that could kind of handle a little bit better. Um, yeah, ones we had were these little tiny little stick packs. They're they're this kind of a lime green, and uh, oh wow, yeah, oh, I can, those those were the days. It was it was an adventure. Uh, <laughs> so planes you'd like to revisit? I don't know if we've talked about our favorite FT planes. I mean, planes I would like to revisit. I definitely want to build another FT three D. Yeah. Now that I know what I'm doing with the plane, I definitely want to try that again. I keep saying it and saying it, and I probably have one built downstairs somewhere, well, and I should just slap shit in, and I I haven't done it yet. Yeah. See, I I. I can't. My my planes don't last that long down here. The humidity just makes the old the old style Dollar Tree foam board fall apart. Uh, uh, you know, even if I was to pull open a kit, I I've got some kits I bought just kind of to support like the uh, Mesa RC, you know, student packs and stuff. Right. You know, I bought some of those to support their project, but I guarantee if I went out there and pulled it out of the package right now, the paper would just peel right off. Uh, so I mean, you could use them for templates if you want to do it onto the. Uh, actually, you know what? I should do that. Because I've got a, a box of the uh, the water resistant foam board that would probably yeah, you should that take it and use it as templates. That's what I use the kits for, man. Templates. Yeah, I don't think I've built one yet. I have like I've got to have ten kits easy, and I don't think I built one yet from just the laser cut kit. I always make copies of it because knowing myself, I'll smash it and I'll want to fly it again. Ugh. Like I've made at least three Spitfires, man. Oh yeah, yeah. You're always you're pumping those things out pretty quick. I remember listening to that one back before I was on the show. Then two racers, I think I've built at least two. the The racer is a good plane too, man. I really enjoyed flying that thing. The uh, the Sportster is my favorite for for the flight test planes. 
Okay. And not just because I was in that episode. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, th- that that was actually kind of a fun episode because they had me record down here and I sent it up to them and they edited it into the episode. Now, uh, the Sportster was the, the three channel? Uh, no, the Sportster had the ailerons. Okay. So that one was cool. It, it was one that, that Josh was coming out with and uh, I don't know if it was that first flight fest or second flight fest. We were down in his basement. We built it together. Oh, and cool. Home, and I just, I love that plane. I was using my Gropner radio with it and uh that and that was a pretty good radio uh i i like that radio but the uh the sportster man i i took that with me everywhere when i went down to lake city florida and handed off to the guys down there and they couldn't believe that that was foam because it just it flies phenomenal and i've got one that's mostly put together in my shop back there i just need to finish it because uh the other one i had to retire it it finally you know got too wet and had one too many you know hard landings and um yeah, I cut the tail off and it's it's hanging on a wall. No, I don't think I built that one. I built the Speedster. That's the one I'm thinking of, the, the three channel. Yep. But the Sportster's more like the pylon racing. Oh style, yeah, and right? it it's sporty. It is. I mean, it you know you can do all the the aerobatics you want with it. Um, I'd, I'd actually like to try the Speedster because I've I've recommended that as a beginner plane for you know because it's it looks nice and it's slow flying. Yeah, uh, and it's stable. Our buddy Jeff liked the old fogey when he was starting out. That yeah. was his like first play. He flew the crap out of that thing, man. He used to fly that all the time. Yeah, that one was a go-to for me when people ask me what's what's a good beginner plane. Yeah, uh, the old fogey was pretty good. I flew. The, I didn't fly the FT flyer, but the Delta I had made, and that was a good flyer to a point. Like I, I flew that one time for like an hour, and then I'd get into a death spiral, and then that was it. I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> that was a, at that point. I was like, all right, I got to try something else. One of the other clunkers I was thinking of, you know, and I don't want to say anything's been bad that FT's put out, but... Uh, don't you even say the Mustang, because you did that to yourself. No, no, the Mustang's crazy good, man. Mustang's a good good plane. Uh, was the Punjet. Oh, and yeah, yeah. I didn't have a bad experience with that. I had used a heavier battery, and I had that sucker moving, man. I would bring that out, and I would fly the crap out of that thing. And it was twitchy, because it's small. I mean... Yeah. But it wasn't really designed to be a plane, really. Sort of. It was that was a that was a kind of a one off, you know, yeah. joke plane that, you know, the Punjet joke plane. Yeah, uh, that was the one Peter built. Yeah, to put in the back of the, what, the guinea. It, the, the guinea. Yep. Yeah. To launch out of that. So I mean, just to get that thing, I didn't do the, you know, the servo in the middle that had the wings pop out. I just did the straight up version. Yeah. And yeah, I think Steve got his to fly a little bit. Uh, but man, I had I had mine dialed in. I could get that sucker cranking around. Oh, uh, but it's just so many people wanted that stupid little plane that they went ahead and produced it. Yeah, <laughs> I'll I'll tell you one that took me by surprise. So I, you know, of course, I started off with airplanes and I played with helicopters for a while, and then I got heavy into my multi rotors because I love I love FPV. That's that's probably my favorite thing in in the hobby is just flying FPV. Nice. So I got real used to flying multi rotors. Well, I put together the Bloody Baron. And I threw that in the air at this. Fortunately, it was a big field <laughs> and that plane screams. At least it felt like it to me because I was, you know, with the multi-rotor, I can just kind of slow it down, stop, hover, back up, go side to side, whatever you want to do and just kind of relax. That bloody Baron took me by surprise. I'd forgotten about flying fixed wing planes because, you know, you can slow it down sort of, but it liked to fly fast. And, you know, there's no stopping it and just kind of having it hover. Um, so if you missed your landing, you had to go around and, uh, yeah, so I had, I had to go around the field a couple times with that one. 
the bloody baron was is this tw- twin engine plane or no 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 the, that's the um oh what is that one um no the bloody baron Angry was b or something uh, <laughs> uh i'll have to look it up um but the uh no the bloody baron was the oh uh, yeah spawn version of the bloody wonder the bloody wonder right it had a traditional tail with the kind of the German round tail on the back. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, because that was actually, that was one of the first planes I had success with. I, I had, um, you know, when I, I, I got out of the hobby a little bit after flying my GWS Aero stuff, because I had the GWS Cub and I had the GWS Corsair, and they they flew awesome. Um, and I kind of got out of the hobby, and then I came back to it when I came, when I moved here to Florida. I went up to um, one of the Ceph events. Okay. And... Uh, bought a few planes used there uh, from from a guy, and that was the original Blue Foam Blue Wonder BLU Wonder, and it had it's like the the Bloody Wonder except instead of a box um, fuselage, it had uh, um, three sheets of this foam board pressed together, and it didn't have an airfoil wing like that. It had the uh, KF style airfoil. Okay, and that plane was like that was my aileron trainer. Um, you could fly that thing in, in the worst winds. Oh, it was great plane. That, that, that goes under my list of ones I should revisit. I should build the original style blue wonder that, that was a blast to fly. You know, you bringing up the bloody Baron made me think of the bloody wonder. That was another plane that once you got maybe your, maybe your second plane, if you want to have some fun with it, build that one because dude, oh, yeah. I, I remember flying that for the first time down in Totowa with my father-in-law man and i was like holy cow this thing is so easy to fly and it wind didn't phase that thing that much nope. man that thing it cut through the wind awesome that thing boogied yeah and it was just bank you know ailerons and elevator and that was a lot of fun that plane man we did combat with that when jeff and i and steve got together we did streamer battles with that those things and oh yeah that was that was the plane for streamer fights and you can crank those things right out like i built jeff one i think in an afternoon once because he was like oh i don't have one and i was like well i'll build you one tonight and oh yeah two servos and you're good and i just told him to throw his throw a motor and esc in it well and, and that was the funny thing too is back before um Back before we were doing the the, the swappable series, um, you know the the bloody one or the blue, blue wonder the, was the combat plane to go to because, like I said, two servos, super fast build. We would tear up our planes, go back, cut the foam out, and glue it back together in time for the next combat. Nice. Oh, oh yeah, and we just pull. I mean, just like literally rip the. We started using like masking tape on the servos so you could glue it to the. Uh, to the fuselage and then just cut the masking tape and pop the servo out and just take all the, the other parts, you know, just pull the, pull the control horn out. And if, if you could save the tail, you just rip the nose and, and the fuselage off and you redo that. Right. Right. Cause it's like a stick. Oh yeah. And, and man, that was, that was fun. We had a good time with that. After a while, you know, did some flying and I still had that bloody wonder laying around in the garage and I took it up to green Pond one time. And I said, I'm going to cram the largest battery I can find in this thing. Cause I was getting with a 2200. I think I was getting, I was getting at least 15 minute flight times on it. And I, I don't know what, I don't remember what the prop set up. I think it was maybe a seven, six. It was a little E flight motor that I bought. Cause I didn't know about hobby King back then or altitude hobbies right. or anything. So I jammed in, I think, 
what the hell did I put in there now? I either jammed in a 3000. It was so freaking heavy. I said, there's no way this thing's going to fly. And I flew that thing for like 35 minutes. And I was like, uh, I can't even stand out here anymore. Like I'm getting so tired. I put a little timer on that little beeper. And I think I flew it for like, it was, it was way over half an hour. That's awesome. That I flew that thing. It just does an experiment. I wanted to see what would happen. That was the last time I flew. I remember putting rubber bands around the, the whole, fuselage to keep the battery and it was like puffed out you know i was gonna say so did, did you burn that battery up no because i had a little one of those little timer things on it you know those um not timer but the little battery sensor the low voltage alarm yeah yeah and i used to use those a lot man and i don't use those anymore i just set the timer on the on the radio yeah so dude i'd love to go back and build the ft the ft 3d man I, that's one like high on my list because I actually was flying that at one point. The last time I flew with that plane, man, I was actually knife edging with it. And, and I was getting pretty good with it. But it's just like other stuff came out. Like I got a hold of the out, uh, the, the twisted hobby stuff, man. And pff, that stuff's insane, man. They build some great stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they, they really took over on that. When you, uh, when you finally move to Florida, we'll have to meet up somewhere and, uh, we'll, we'll get a couple of the, the, FT3D kits and build them together. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because I'm mean, going to put a, like a monster prop on that thing just so I can try and do some 3D with it. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, another plane that I really enjoy flying is the Sukhoi and I, the Parks own one. Now they're onto the blue version. You know, for anybody out there that's looking for an intermediate plane, dude, that is amazing plane, man. That, that taught me how to land. I learned so many different, you know, 3D maneuvers with it. And I've bashed that thing up like crazy, and I still fly it. I've not flown that one, um, but it does kind of make me think of another another you know subtopic here. What what plane haven't you bought, but you wish you did? Oh, yeah, um, you kind of want to right off the bat, I can say the the Radian. Yeah, you have you've never flown one of them. I flew the UMX Radian that Jeff had. Yeah, and I I really loved it, man. And I I just want to get the full size one. Oh, and I dude. hear I hear the guys talking about it all the time. That's not something I would bring out to the field every weekend, but I can really see a point where I'm like I'm I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of flying, so I'm just gonna relax for whatever. Yeah, bring bring the zero, you know that zero gravity chair out, the lawn chair. Yeah, and throw it up in there, and man, it is it is so relaxing. You just put it up there, and you just kind of twitch the controls here and there. You know, power it up to get up to altitude and shut it off. And oh, it is, it's, it's a dream to fly. It's, that one's awesome. Yeah. Cause I, I do I that. You. I do that with the Bixler, uh, the Bixler two I have. I do that with the, the, the Kunai I do that with and, uh, the FT Explorer. I, I, I do all the same things. I take it up hot, really high. I shut the motor off and I see if I, you know, can find thermals with it. And none of those planes are, are as good as, you know, the, the Radiant. Yeah, the Radiant, and uh, it's funny because like the after hours guys, they really do not like the Radiant too. Um, <coughs> with the uh, the Radiant Pro, that's what Radiant it was. Radiant Pro, yeah. Because um, it took all the the best parts of the the original Radiant and threw them out the window, and uh, so it didn't have the glide to it. It wasn't simple like the you know it just it just yeah. Now uh, the Radiant's so simple, man. You just slide those wings in and and throw in the air and fly. Well, I'd love to talk to him about it. To find out if, you know, do, do you think part of that is the hype, you know, leading up to it? Hey, they're putting out a Radiant Pro. It's going to be, you know, twice as good. And then it wasn't nearly as good as they thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, when they talk about it, you know, they kind of admitted a couple times that if they had named it anything else, it probably wouldn't have been so bad. Okay. They called it, they gave it a different name. But when they put the Radiant name on it 
It just didn't fly like the Radiant. It wasn't relaxing. It didn't have the same glide to it. Um, they said, you know, it was good for what it was, kind of. But it just, yeah, the, it when you put the Radiant name on it, they were expecting a certain flight performance that it didn't provide. See, now, Steve, the last time we were out and I f- brought the Kunai, I think it was, or one of them, and was, I was doing that searching for thermals, kind of looked at me and was like, this is fun. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's it's different. You know, that's the that's the heli guy in Steve, man. Yeah. But I would definitely like to, to get that. And uh, I'd love to try some FPV with that, too. But FPV and me right now, I'm not I'm not into it because the head tracking they're not the head tracking but the the head the goggles piece i have you know it, it works but you know me with the glasses and my eyesight being oh, as terrible yeah. as it is it's it's tough yeah you have to move over to one of the box goggles type so what about you what what haven't you bought that you'd want to <clears throat> the uh one i keep looking at that i just haven't brought myself to buy is that e-flight um i think it's the pawnee the crop duster with the lights inside of it yeah oh and the, the night yeah, the night flying one. Um, you know, I, I love my night flyers too, um, especially with you know the the you know here. Well, you know, it's the the best temperature of the summer is at night, right? Um, you know, you go out there and fly at night, and and it's cool and comfortable. A little maybe you know not much breeze. Um, so night flyers are great here in in the south in the summertime. Um, but I, I don't know. I've got something with the crop dusters too because we have a lot of them down here. And so it's so cool, fun to watch them fly around. That uh, that's that's got <coughs> excuse me, that caught my attention. <coughs> Jeez, dude. Yeah, we better wrap it up so you can uh, go take <coughs> medicine or whatnot, or keel over, whichever comes first. <laughs> All right. So you want to do the wrap up news and announcements? What's next for you? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Or no news and announcements. News. And announcements. It was so easy. Must be Steve that screws it up all the time. Must be. So, yeah, you wrote here that Horizon Hobby officially bought HobbyCo. Yeah, so apparently the uh, the judge who was in charge of the bankruptcy decision said that, yeah, they could buy it. So that deal went through. Wow. So now what? They just, like, buy the facility? We should, uh, I should reach out to the guy that was on from the. Uh, yeah, Pete Holy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, the, the big thing is they're buying the names. The, okay. the brand so like um the axial name and 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 that stuff uh the cars are still doing well you know some of the plane lines haven't done so well but the car lines are still very profitable so well that's probably good news for anybody that owns you know or that has that stuff you know that they'll still be able to get parts and stuff like that they're probably sweating because yeah those those car guys really tear through their their equipment uh, yeah they're constantly needing replacement parts yep and that's I, that's the only news i i really picked up on oh nice dude I didn't. I didn't find anything in news and announcements. Oh wait a minute, I didn't check Horizon Hobby. They oh, did you see the slip that they did? They they accidentally they were putting out a, a video for a plane that they released, and in that video there was a new radio, the DX8E. Really? And the E is their budget line. Um, it's uh, it actually has a screen, unlike the DX6E that doesn't have a screen. You have to do everything through your phone, which was stupid. Um. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so that slipped because they were originally going to release it together, I think, or something. And so they had it in the video and didn't remove it. And so, yeah, that, that made some waves on, on the Facebooks. No, I'm sure it did. 
So yeah, there's people that's you know got the screenshot saying, "Hey, what's this?" And they they were saying it's a, a mirage created by swamp gas, and you know, so they weren't admitting to anything yet. But yeah, it, it's it got slipped out. Jeez, I see something new on Horizon Hobby. That's an E-Flight Mustang, but uh, oh yeah, think, yeah, I don't think I would get this, dude. It's two seventy, and it's like a forty-eight inch Mustang. Well, and everybody has a Mustang. Yeah, I mean it's got AS three X and safe, but. 270 dude that's quite a chunk well I, I think i talked about a little bit last week the tob or something like that that's got the the nice full cockpit in it um it's a high wing plane the, uh, the molly yeah the molly and so you know the mustang might have a little appeal to me if it had a good cockpit and you could slap a fpv in it if it has you know all the safe and stuff like that because it's then you don't have to worry about flying it you kind of let it fly itself a little bit and just really enjoy looking around um right. but if if it's not big enough to put the camera in the cockpit, then eh, yeah, maybe not so much. It's the one point two millimeter, so I mean, but that's only you know forty eight inches. I'd like to have seen like one point five or something larger, you know, for that yeah. price tag. I did see an FMS Votech or something three twenty two. It's like a three D plane. Well, I'm looking at it now for the new stuff, and they got the F eighteen Hornet. Oh, that looks pretty cool. I'm kind of wondering if. Uh, you know, they're going to integrate that, uh, the car lines and stuff into the, to the e-flight lines. Are they just going to absorb it or are they going to, you know, add that as a named line to their existing with the, with the Hobbyco merger? Well, you know, it's can't be a bad thing in any way, you know? Yeah. And I wonder if they'll, uh, if they'll just phase out their radio line or if they'll integrate that in. Yeah. That I don't know that I could see them phasing out. But, you know, a lot of people, when this was going down, when Hobbyco filed, and I mean, Hobbyco's been having problems for for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. But when they originally were, you know, when, it, when the last time it came out and they said, you know, hey, we're filing Chapter 11 and all that stuff, a lot of people were like, oh, the hobby's dying, you know, this isn't good for the hobby. But, yeah. you know, then you got Horizon that steps in and, and uh, you know, they could have let it just go, you know. Well, it's it's still to be seen what they do with it. Do they do they phase a lot of stuff out? Do they continue on with it? Right, but I I see it as a step doing something. You know, Hobbyco didn't have a very good business plan that they weren't able to. You know, supposedly everybody bought them, but they didn't make any money. So how that happened? Yeah, yeah, that's just you know, a bad business plan. Exactly. They are the big suppliers for a lot of the the brick and mortar places, but they're still going under. So you know, there's there's something that was going on with it that you know maybe Horizon can turn it around. Because Horizon is doing something right these it's days. That damn internet. Just well, Horizon's on the internet, and they're doing no, I well. Know. So. I'm but I mean, that's just it too. You know, you go onto the, the like the Tower Hobbies page, and it's like the old school, you know, 1990s style website stuff. Uh, it's horrible, dude. When I try to narrow down to look for something, it takes me so long. It's yeah, I gotta agree with you there. You're better dude. off googling it and then using the Google link to get to the right page. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous i mean when i'm just browsing for a plane like i want to buy a plane and i want it to be whatever you know a 50 inch wingspan or 60 or whatever i want it to be a larger size you know it's yeah it's ridiculously bad trying to yeah. browse on their site yeah they're still going off from you know almost like low motor sizes to determine the plane yeah, exactly you know um, i don't know what that is yeah hopefully, hopefully i know yeah yeah you're not from that era <laughs> no. so. but yeah hopefully uh horizon will will take that and run with it and and we'll see it you know a little bit more of that u.s uh business picking back up cool all right man so what's next for you in the hobby dude well um my next week <laughs> is just pretty much 
thrown out. Um, I got a event over at the neighboring park for Friday and Saturday, which would normally be my weekend days off. Um, so I'm not sure what I'm going to get as far as flight time, uh, until my next series of days off. So probably just my gremlin some more and I want to finish the track out back. Like I said, I've been doing a little clearing back there and I, I threw some lights up a little bit, so I got to figure out how I'm going to power them. I'm going to have to probably, I'll probably bury an extension cable out there and use that as a plug in for it. So I don't run over with the mower and, uh, I've got some, uh, solar powered led lights that I'm going to put down. I got, you know, the Christmas lights. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it, it all works out. Nice. That should be a lot of fun, dude. Actually, what I probably should do is put up a solar panel and uh, get some deep cycle batteries and, and uh, inverter and plug them into that because it shouldn't be drawn too much with the Christmas lights. No. So, and it's not like I'm leaving it on all night. I wanna, I need to look into that. Put a big solar panel out there and let it charge it up during the day and fly it at night. You get a lot of sun by you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is Florida. <laughs> So are they paying you overtime for the weekend or what? No. Um, I, in theory, what I should do is is comp it out. Um, so it, uh, technically what would happen is I'd just have to take two days off somewhere else in the week. Um, our, okay. our work week is Friday through Thursday. So if I work Friday, Saturday, which would be my normal days off, that's actually the best way to do it um, because it's I have the rest of the week to try to take two days off. See all the complications you have when you actually go to work? Now, this yeah. is what I'm trying to tell Steve that I deal with, but he doesn't, he can't relate because he never goes to work. Well, he has tons of comp, you know, annual leave and, and sabbatical and paternal leave. and Sabbatical. I thought that was something people took like in the Middle Ages. I didn't even know that was like still done nowadays. Sabbatical. Come on. When he said that, I was like, what? <laughs> like King Arthur took that? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely how we do it here. Cool, man. So, dude, what's next for me, you ask? I'm going to be flying, hopefully, uh, Saturday or Sunday. With who? With somebody. I don't know. Uh, Steve's getting back on Friday, I think, so he might be around. Yeah, but he'll be jet-lagged and yeah, unpacking. and He'll be hours behind. I'm going to be on call, so I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to try and work it in. I got to. I got to get out if, if I got to go to the local park and throw something around. I want to fly that Oxy-285, which is a helicopter for our listeners. I'm still tempted to pick up that little, the the ultra micro um, collective pitch helicopter that that Horizon has. Is that the one that was like sixty bucks? It's one hundred thirty bucks. Oh, okay. And I just haven't, I just haven't brought myself to buy it yet. But that's one I can certainly throw around out in the yard here and get kind of my orientation better. Nice. Well, if you've been flying quads, dude, line of sight. Oh yeah, you won't have yeah. any problems. I tell you, I, I fly my fixed. You know, I fly the the helicopter around. It's just, it's a little big to fly in the yard here. But uh, yeah, I take it out in the field, my blade, and uh, yeah, it's 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 not bad at all flying that. No, I've tried you know a couple flips and rolls with it and haven't tore it up yet. So, oh, good dude, nice. Yeah, yeah it's just that sometimes the taking off and the landings can be a little well sketchy when you're not used to it. I, I still have it kind of like I did with my old like original 3D helicopters. I'd set up as a as fixed pitch plus sort of setup on it. So. Um, Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. Better be careful doing flips and rolls then. <laughs> yeah, and and I I've got it. I mean, I, I can actually. It it has some negative pitch to it, so I can bump it when it's upside down. I just haven't done that yet. Oh okay, okay. It's just not natural for me to bring the the throttle stick down when I'm trying to fly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, one of the final things I wanted to say was um for me in my week is I got to give 
James Cadiz a shout out because he sent me a text, I guess, right after he listened to the last show and said, you know, if Steve's going to be out and you need a mouth um, to fill in, he was definitely willing to come on the show and, and do that. But with you being sick and me going to the dentist, I didn't know if we were going to do a show. Yeah. So um, I just wanted to say thanks, James, for thinking about us. And we'll, we'll have to get him back on the show again because he was a lot of fun the last time we had him on. Yeah. So that's it, dude. You want to wrap it up? Sure. Facebook likes, comments, website comments. Oh, we're not doing any of that. Forget it. We're not doing any of that. Yeah. iTunes reviews, probably none. So I'll do the wrap-up, dude. And this is the outro. I'm going to do it, and I'm not even going to look at the, the page. I'm going to see if I can do this from memory. Oh. So drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Yep. I'm hearing an ep- echo. Is that you? Who? Me? I would never. Are you echoing me? <laughs> so drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefallrc at gmail.com. Facebook likes. Send us a Facebook like, and we'll like it, and we'll talk about it on the show, and, and you can come and hang out with the plain heli and the multi-rotor guys that are all friends of ours on Facebook and all the shenanigans that goes on with that. I Are you sure you're not reading it? I mean, you're you're word for word. I'm not reading it, not yet, because <laughs> now you've now you stalled me. If you want to hang out with us on the forums or David Hill, Hill the Flyer, who's generously taking care of our forum posts on the flight test forums, we're at flight test forums, audio off the field, audio and video, video under podcast, sitting next to our friends, Petrol and Mike, at oh, the FT Community Cast. And we're also on the RC Hilly Hangouts page uh, oh, under well. podcasts. <laughs> with Walt and Ed, yep, who are doing the RC Heli Hooligans podcast, and Javier and Jimmy, who Hi, are doing Jimmy, <laughs> Javier, <laughs> who are doing the full pitched podcast, and they're doing a good job. I've been listening to those guys, and uh, it's great, man. I love it. I love listening to all of these podcasts, dude. And I don't think of it as competition in any way, maybe friendly competition, but I only think of it as there's more word going out about the hobby man and everybody's doing their like i hear it all the time i want to give back to the hobby and so many people do it in so many different ways and i think it's awesome ditto so that's it man we want to thank all our listeners for sticking around with us this time i know steve isn't here and people were like upset yeah. uh free our skies and we'll see you next time see ya see ya so did i mess anything up at the end there oh no it was perfect all right because i honestly didn't look at it yeah yeah, you're pretty. You're you're all kind of close. I've only heard Steve do that every week of my life for the last two years, and at least three times three a week. Three times a week. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it wasn't too difficult to do. Sweet. And it was off the field audio and video. Other than oh, other than podcasts, flight test podcasts. I just said podcasts. Whatever. Well, cool, Fred. I'm I'm glad you hung out. Yeah, the hacking wasn't too bad. I I, I was eating some ice cream, which the cold was uh, easing my throat. But then you could tell when I stopped eating it because that's when it just I, the coffin just took over. Yo, yeah, I probably better not do that. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. I started laughing immediately. <coughs> oh, jeez, so. dude, you do sound bad. Oh, jeez, thanks, man. You sound like a peach, too. How the hell do you get sick in Florida? Handling money, dealing with a lot of people from up north. Oh, bringing down those germs. Damn Yankees. Yeah, keep your northern germs away. Wait a minute, you're a Yankee.
You're a Yankee transplant, aren't you? Uh, Technically. So you might have had that virus, you know, dormant inside Uh, you uh, the whole time. Here we go. How do you spy track? My wife and I share um, locations with each other. Oh. So I can see where she is. So she's uh, 10 minutes away, nine minutes ago. Oh. Do you want to wait till she comes home before we get started? Nah, she's at the Walmart. She's at the Walmart? Yeah, so it was off. It, it said that she was on her way past the I-10 interchange, but no, she's good. She'll, yeah. just have to She'll just have to wait till we're done now. The old I-10 interchange. Oh, I got yeah, a couple of things I can write in here. Sorry. Hmm? It's just me, Fred, and I still keep talking over you. What? Hold on, Kevin. My UPS guy's here. Damn, he comes late, huh? Yeah, he's awesome. So I gotta go say hi to him. All right. You know what I picture is the UPS guy being like that truck from uh, that Chevy Chase movie. Where he moves out to the country. <laughs> he's driving by at 90 miles an hour, throwing packages out the window. That's what I envision the rural Floridian UPS driver. <laughs>